0: and soul, and happy Father's Day. On Father's Day, we acknowledge, we honor, we lift up the masculine face of God. In all of its iterations, in all of its possibilities, we see the living one, the strong one, and we focus in on the masculine expression of that, the directive creative process of the all and all. You know, now as always is the case at Heart and Soul, we are on an adventure in faith. And this morning, part of that adventure in faith is faith. Is somebody's about to hand me a bottle of water. <clears throat> because, thank you, I am knowing right now the difference that this I was correct. Faith fulfilled indeed. So our adventure in faith is constant. This year we are declaring Rise Up as our, as our annual theme. So it's an adventure in faith, Rise Up. And I say that right at this juncture because we are simultaneously at the same time, we are celebrating pride. 2021, and there are so many shifts and changes that are taking place in the world that many of which are quite positive and many of which are devastating. So we know that there is greater recognition and in some cases families are more open and we know that the murder rate for trans folks is still higher than we should ever allow on the planet while we are responsible for the energetic presence. And so it's all of that. When I say an adventure in faith, I mean it literally that it requires that we know what we know what we know beyond everything that we're faced with. And so the call of action is to rise up in knowing, in knowing something more, in being something more in alignment with the truth of our being. And it could be that we're required to be the example. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I know that it's pretty clear to me that the world is requiring, begging for, waiting for an example of being, the change that we've been praying for. I'm just going to suggest that maybe it's up to us to start that. I also want to just acknowledge heart and soul for showing up and, dare I say, showing out. This, we're also celebrating Juneteenth. Juneteenth 2021, we began our kind of pre-launch. Well, I think we're always in it. Let's be clear. Let's be clear, we're not pretending like it's a specific day and for 24 hours we are clear and focused in. It is a lifestyle. It's a divine awareness now and forever. And so last Wednesday, as a part of Imagining Justice, we had a special presentation, Ricky Stevenson's Black Paris Tours, as a virtual experience. And so a lot of minds were blown because we know that there's a whole issue in these United States where history is not taught, is hidden away, in fact, and denied often, so that the empowerment that's incumbent in an awareness, in an expanded awareness of our history and contribution to the world, and especially the United States, so she revealed a lot of that. She she lifted the veil on the secrets and the denials, and so we we kind of launched our 2021 Juneteenth celebration, and then many of us, there was a whole family reunion that took place at Golden Gate Park at the music concourse, and we were in support of our beloved Dana King, sculptor and social activist, and heart and soul member, as her 300th 50 ancestral sculptures were installed. It was a magnificent moment. It just had all of the emotions of seeing so many people masked and unmasked and present, and that we'd not seen for over a year and certainly had not been in close proximity. It was an amazing time to stand for, with, and an awareness of the ancestors. Blessing it all and knowing that something, in an, in an, on an adventure in faith, that something quite magnificent is unfolding. And then Friday afternoon, evening, as well as all day yesterday, the Juneteenth weekend symposium honoring freedom was on. And those of you who purchased and registered at a certain level can still access the recordings. I invite you to go to the website which is honoringfreedom.website, and see if you can still get access to some of the recordings. It was magnif- It is magnificent. It continues because what? It lives in us. And all of that was happening in the container and awareness that Juneteenth Freedom Day, Liberation Day, is now a national holiday. We's on an adventure in faith, y'all, for sure. (laughs) Because who knew? Who knew that that would be the one? Out of the the 10 that existed, we now have an 11th that we are celebrating. But here's the thing. We got to make sure that we understand what the celebration is. Because often it's just a day for shopping. And we want to ensure that this doesn't devolve into just a day that we don't even realize what we're celebrating, that we really drop anchor in a heartfelt awareness. Because, I'm going to link this back with how I started, if history is not being taught by those we pay to teach it, we don't simply say, well, it must not be going to get taught. We discern that on our watch, those of us who know are responsible for telling somebody what we know before it's forgotten before it's erased, before there's no evidence of it. Thank you. I'm just grateful right now for the slave narratives. Because but for those, we wouldn't know a lot of what we do know and that makes a difference. So to bring all of that together, I invited a couple of powerful and empowering black men and fathers in my life to be a part of our Father's Day, honoring, lifting up, and celebration. I want to welcome, first of all, my brother, teacher, mentor, Reverend Amon. And, you know, I've known Reverend Amon. I should have done some, some arithmetic before I came up here. 30, 40 years, it's a long, long time, certainly all of my spiritual life, and there's some things I want to share with you, and I want to make sure that that I give you certain information because I don't think about a lot of this. What I think about when I think about Reverend Amon is the difference that he's made in my life, and what I want to tell you, that if you see me, you see Reverend Amon. Because he taught me in a way this bold, bodacious, there's, there's a certain irreverence for the, for the hoop-dee-doo, for the, for the okey-doke, that I realize that I really learned from Reverend Amon to cut through that and go for what we know is important. Thank you, Brother Amon, for that. Thank you on behalf of heart and soul, because I know they had a lot of places they could have gone. And if they showed up here, my sense is because they appreciated the Amon in me, the Stella in me, Stella's my mother's name, the Stella, the Bill in me, Bill is my dad's name. So, happy Father's Day to my mother and father who shared the delivery of the masculine face of God. But here's what I want you to know about Reverend Amon because... You don't necessarily see it when you see the Spirit of God as the masculine face of God as him, that he received his basic training and new thought teachings from the legendary founder of Guidance Church of Religious Science, the Reverend Dr. Daniel Morgan. He's a graduate of the United Church of Religious Science School of Ministry that was in San Jose at the time and the author of the book Spiritual Mind Treatment. He's a bit of a legend as a metaphysician himself, and he prefers to simply be called Amon. So I move in between reverence and calling him Reverend Amon and simply calling him Amon. And he invites you to do the same after learning to surrender his mind to the master teacher that gave us the Bible. Amon learned how to listen to the Bible's clarification of terms and began sharing intrinsic keys to unlocking the scriptures with many students. Very soon he became a licensed practitioner. Of religious science, and after a few years of teaching practical Bible understanding without any formal training, but intuiting and uh, opening his mind to the divine and receive the word, Amon began facilitating a course in miracles. You better ask somebody about putting stuff together in a way that it is transformative. So, still surrendering his mind to the author of the course, he received and shared practical applications of the lesson on A Course in Miracles. He has since facilitated workshops on the course for more than 20 years. And if you know the course, you can feel it and sense it in his teachings. He's traveled extensively as a speaker and a teacher in churches of various denominations, where the truth, you, you, you see, the truth known anywhere is known anywhere everywhere. And so we recognize, we recognize truth and invite it. Amon believes in one God and that this one manifest as many to reach all. Through the many ways that include religion, philosophy, psycho- psychology, art, education, and through whatever medium God chooses to reach each and every one of us. He's leaving nothing out of the possible equation for us to, each and every one of us, to get what is required of us in order for us to be all that we can possibly be. Amon raised his four great, three great nephews and his great niece. And for a time, for a part of that time, they were in Oakland, most of the time in Southern California, but I saw him express the masculine face of God and shift and transform these children's lives. The other brother, who is supporting me in lifting up and celebrating Father's Day. The masculine face of God is Nicholas Beard, a father in his own right, a loving, kind, wise man who is a magnificent and amazing musician. And that's how most of us know him. We know him as a seasoned and highly respected showman. He's established himself as a powerful presence in the contemporary jazz vocal milieu over the past decade, but if you know him, you know his heart. You know that he has a mind of the gentleness of the masculine face of God that delivers. You see, when you hear the voice, you recognize the presence of the divine as well. Oh, I'm giving thanks. His silky baritone sound invites comparisons to Johnny Hartman and Lou Rawls and Joe Williams. Come on with that. And his wit and engaging rapport captures and draws the audience into his live performances. But to the astute, you know it's the presence of the divine expressed. He has five CDs out on his own label. We're waiting for the next one. And his most recent album release, Invitation, in January of 2016, rose quickly to the top 20 on the Jazz Weeks chart. Oh, we love you, Nicholas. And so, with that, I am going to get out of the way, having set the tone for my brothers to deliver our honoring. Of fathers on this Father's Day and those who have served and lifted and held and prayed and loved and adored and cared as the masculine face of God. I bring you now Nicholas Beard with Song for My Father, one of my favorites, Nicholas Beard, and then after this song, the next voice you hear is my elder brother, Reverend Amon. <laughs>
1: If there were ever a man who was generous, gracious and good That was my dad, the man A human being so true he could live like a king Cause he knew the real treasure To be devoted to And always stand by me So I'd be unafraid And free If there were ever a man Who was generous, gracious and good that was my day. The man. there were ever a man who was generous, gracious, and good, that's Miss Tammy L. Hall on the piano, that was my dad, the man, a human being so true, he could live like a king, cause he knew the real treasure. In life to be devoted to And always stand right by me So I'd be unafraid and free If there were ever a man who was generous, gracious and good Oh, that was my dad, the man, the man, that was my dad, the man, that was my dad, the man. The may That was my day The may
2: And uh, thank you, Nicholas. And um, Ron, the practitioner, uh, the musicians accompanying Nicholas and the team. And of course, our Reverend Andrea, for all that all of you have done to create the atmosphere, the consciousness through which there will be a downloading. <laughs> Of a message that has been prepared for us. I must preface that by saying Happy Father's Day to all the fathers, Happy Father's Day to your fathers, to our fathers, and we know that we are blessed for making them fathers. So, Happy Father's Day to all of us. I, I am here on a mission. I have a purpose. Uh, I received a call a few weeks ago before the beginning of the month from the guidance church for spiritual living in Los Angeles, and I was asked to speak on the first Sunday. I had a couple of weeks to prepare for it, and Dr. Clara, the ecclesiastical leader there, informed me that the theme for the month for their service was the mystical Christ. And I said, oh, they're getting serious. The mystical Christ. You just can't stand up in in an unprepared way to speak on that kind of a teaching. So the lesson would be that, a teaching. A few days later, I received a call from the Los Angeles Third Church for Spiritual Living, in Los Angeles, of course. And the minister said, if you can speak, our theme for the month is "Awakened Sons of God. So that tied right into the other minister's theme the Sons of God, the mystical science of the Christ. Then Reverend Andreette says she had already uh, asked me to be present on this Sunday, Father's Day, but even before they invited me and so my thinking was that all i have to do is one message and present them each at the same churches you know each each time but when i was preparing for the second talk it just morphed into a separate message almost and i said okay when i finished the second one i said oh well heart and soul here it is this is what i'll go with And then when I listened to it, I said, oh, no, it just took me, each message took me deeper and deeper with more and more clarity about this thing called the Christ. And so what I'm coming to you with is a clarified message on the meaning of the Christ through this topic, the mystery of the Christ. I'm using a subtopic, hidden in plain view. Think about that. Hidden in plain view. This mystery, this mystery is hidden in plain view. Proverbs 4, 7 says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, in all thy getting, get understanding. That's what you're leaving here with today. An understanding of this Christ and this mystery of the Christ. But in order to understand, you need to understand that spiritual principles and spiritual teachings are followed by four basic rules in understanding. And rule one is this stuff is caught, not taught. You have to understand that this stuff is caught, not taught. It was Job who said, I had heard by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes seeth thee. That's where you're going from this lesson. It's shifting from the hearing of the eye to the seeing from the heart into understanding. Rule number two is that you must listen in the language of secrecy. My topic is the mystery of the Christ. So you must understand the language of secrecy and secrecy has its own language. You must understand it through, you have to put on your your cap of allegorical thinking metaphorical thinking, symbolically thinking, emblematic thinking. Jesus had a problem communicating. And he would have to resort to simple parallels. He would say, it is like, it is like this and it is like that. Well, that's the cap that you must put on in order to understand what I am talking about here today. And then... You must understand that, well, let me go to the Apostle Paul who said, I know in whom I have believed. You will learn here today how to know what the Christ is and know that you know what the Christ is and know that you know that you know. Rule three. In understanding spiritual principles, you must understand that what is called mystery, what is called secrecy, the secrets of this and the secrets of that, are hidden in its simplicity. That's where our greatest problem is in learning spiritual principles, is that the Course in Miracles says complexity is of the ego, in other words. We make it complex when it's not necessary to do that. And rule number four is that in order to catch it, you must be taught by someone who has caught it. Someone who has not caught it themselves can't teach it. And what it is that you're catching, I call it, contagious. This that you're about to receive, let me move some of this out of my way, is contagious. And the person who demonstrated that more than anybody else was Jesus. And as I proceed, I must give you what I'm legally bound to do, and that is a warning. Are you hearing me? And the warning is that if you catch this stuff, if you realize it in the manner in which I'm teaching it, you can get crucified. To demonstrate that, I already know, and you already know, that you are afraid... To tell people that I am the Christ, you are afraid to say I am the Son of God. You to your families, to your friends, because you know if you do, you can be crucified. New Thought teachings is fundamentally an exposition; it's an explanation of the revelation of the Christ through the life of Jesus. New Thought teaching is a teaching of the revelation of the Christ in you in a manner that helps you to recognize and acknowledge and realize your conscious awareness in that Christ, that same Christ that was in Christ Jesus, that same Christ that was before Jesus. This is the mystery that has been hidden for ages and generations. The mission of Jesus was and is today to demystify The mystery of the triune nature of God, which is God as man in man is man. And Jesus achieved and accomplished his mission of demystifying the mystery of the Christ. Ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, when you catch this truth, which is that the Christ is in you and understand it and know it and realize it in your life personally, you cannot hide it you cannot keep it to yourself you cannot help from being a witness a jehovah's witness a witness for christ and that is how it is contagious if you have caught it you can't keep it to yourself it spreads it spreads because when people enter your aura they feel it from the sound of your voice it radiates and it resonates from your gaze, people are healed. And when they think on your name, they're touched. The woman said to Jesus, about Jesus, she pushed through the crowd. She said, but if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. And this is how God gets free advertisement. It's through Your touch, it is through your touch with them touching you. And then when they touch you, they want to know, hey, where do you go? What is it that you believe? Can I talk to you? Doesn't it happen to you now? You see, this was God's first multi-level marketing plan. This is where it was created. Each one bring one. And that's how these pews and these these chairs are filled. They're following you because of the change they see in your life, because of the the, the different way you talk, the different way you walk. And they don't see you worrying and, and complaining. They see how you master situations as they come up in your life. And that's why they follow you here. I shared a story with Reverend Reverend and the practitioners group in a in a. Class that I was teaching for them a few weeks ago. And I shared the story that when I was living here and I was the minister of the East Bay Church of Religious Science on, a, as, on an interim basis, and I went to a men's suit store here in Oakland, and the um, salesman was sizing me up, measuring measurements, and he looked up and he said, Are you a minister? And I said, Well, how did you know? He said, because I can feel it. I can feel it. See, this is, what's happen- this is what happens when you catch it. When you catch it, you don't have to tell nobody. They feel it. They hear it. They sense it. They know it. That's because you realize the presence of God in you, which is what the Christ is. I said that the mystery is hidden in its simplicity. It changes your mind. That's what it does to you. It, it purifies your thoughts. It, 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 like it did for Melchizedek, who predated Jesus by ancients of years. The Christ existed long before Jesus. And that same Christ is the Christ that Jesus took on. And it is that same Christ, Christ that Christ sent me here to tell you about. It's the same Christ. It changes conditions in your life. It changes the trajectory of your life. Romans 12 uh, two says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. But I'm here to tell you that it is the Christ in you that renews your mind. It is the Christ. In you that terrified Jesus' thoughts. It is the Christ that, that, that prepared Jesus for his life, the crucifixion, and the resurrection. It is that same Christ that Jesus came to teach. It is in you. The book of Colossians. Now, this is over in the book of in the book of Acts. Written by Apostle Paul 50 years after the resurrection. He said, The mystery. Hidden for ages and generations is, there it is, hidden in plain view. Hidden in its simplicity. The mystery hidden for ages and generations is Christ in you. The hope of glory. Then he also writes, beloved, now, now are we the sons of God. You don't have to go to a class. You don't have to take a seminar. You don't have to take a workshop. You don't have to have somebody to pray for you. Now, now are we the sons of God. You don't have to do nothing to get it. But the secret that I'm here to tell you how to get it, how to experience it, how to become it. And it's simple. It's not complex. I've already said it. And I'm going to say it several times, and some people won't get it. And they won't get it because it's so simple, not complex at all. The term Messiah is the Greek equivalent for the word of the term Christ, which is the same equivalent, the uh, the sons of God. So the, the Messiah, the Christ, and the Son of God means the same. Jesus clearly said, now, all these things that I have said, and he is saying through me, to you, all these things that I have said, if you don't believe that I am the Christ, if you don't believe that I am the Son of God, then believe me by my works. Then believe me by my works. And so Jesus became the great example, the great wayshower demonstrating that the Christ was in him by what they saw him doing. When he said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, he was simply saying, but by my methods, not the physical man that the fundamentalists teach in their uh, disciplines. They're saying that no man comes to the Christ back to Jesus the man. Jesus was saying, but by my method, but by the same way that I came, follow me. And that is by letting, by letting the same Christ that revealed itself through Jesus reveal itself through you. That's where uh, Philippians says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who said, I am the Christ. I am, I am the father of one. He that seeth me sees the father. Then later the apostle Paul said, I can now this is 50 years after the resurrection. Paul says he had caught it. And after he caught it, he went around preaching it and teaching people how to let the mind that was long before Jesus be be in you, that same Christ that was in Jesus, it can be in you now. He says, I can do all things, not on my own, but like Jesus, through Christ who strengthens me. I of my own self can do nothing. It is the Father, it is the Christ within me that doeth the works. In the, uh, Matthew chapter 26, you'll see in the New Testament that Jesus called himself the Christ. But his followers were called the sons of God. And so he was saying, I am the Christ, but the same Christ that I am, you are. And we are all sons of God. Then Jesus was apprehended by the mob in, over here in chapter 26. And shortly after that, he's crucified. But why was he crucified? For blasphemy saying, I am the Christ. That's why I say you're going to be crucified when you leave here talking about you are the Christ. You are the Son of God. Let one of the other folks hear you say that. It separates families. It separates friends. Going to that church, learning that blasphemous stuff. So they took him before the Supreme Court to be judged. Then the high priest said to Jesus, I demand in the name of the living God that you tell us whether you claim to be the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus answered, I am. I am. And he was ultimately accused of blasphemy and was crucified. And of course, of course, the miracle says about Jesus, and there are the words of Jesus, teach not that I died in vain. Rather, teach that I did not die by demonstrating that I live in you. You see, that's our principle. That's our purpose for being here. Jesus fulfilled his mission, and every man has the same mission, and that is to reveal the Christ that is in him. And you do that by letting this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And Philippians 2, 5, which I've quoted, it doesn't mean to seek the Christ. It doesn't mean to go and try to learn something about the Christ. The Apostle Paul says, now are ye the sons of God. And so, to summarize this, let us review. The word or the term Christ is a metaphor. I said we got to put on your metaphorical cap. You got to put on your allegorical cap. You got to put on your, your, your symbolical cap. If you want to uh, uh, get some academic meaning of the, of the term, then go get your textbook. It's clear. It's factual. It's there. It's a lesson. But see, you got to go beneath that and beyond that to the symbolism and to the metaphorical aspect of it. Christ is a metaphor of one who has so surrendered See, 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 ow! Mm. It's it's emblematic. It is symbolic of one who has so surrendered his human identity to his conscience. Right here is the secret. To his conscious recognition of the presence of God, not only in him, but as but as his God self. And from this conscious realization, that's what the Christ is. And from this oh from this conscious realization, and that's it. From this conscious realization, then the sleeping Christ, the sleeping Christ is activated, is released as it did in Jesus. The same Christ that existed long before Jesus, this same Christ that was in the mind of Jesus, It started functioning through Jesus' life, took over his life, governed his mind, purified his thoughts and mind. And the more he surrendered to that degree, he became more and more and took on more and more of the Christ than any man recorded in history. That's the secret. The secret is in its simplicity. Isn't that simple? But we want to make it complicated. And when you have taken on the Christ, then you have the sense and the consciousness that no weapon is permitted. No weapon is permitted to form against me. It tells sickness I am a child of God, I'm a son of God, I cannot be sick. It tells death, (laughs) not here, not his time. You will start to talk, speaking with a new understanding. Things that bothered you before will not have the same meaning they had before. Because in all things, you will find your perception is being changed. You don't see things and look at things the same way. You will find that before you call, God has already answered every prayer. While you are yet speaking, your prayers are answered. And like the Apostle Paul, your affirmation for life will be, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He said, Beloved, now are you the sons of God. And so this is the mystery. The mystery that has been hidden for ages and generations is still hidden today. So we're going to go now and simply let this mind that existed long before Jesus, this mind that was in Christ Jesus, knowing that the same mind is in me, is in you, was there all the time, sleeping. Our charge is to awaken as sons of God in the name, hey, of the name, of every name that can be named, Jesus Christ, amen. And so, in this consciousness, in this place, in this secret place of the most high, we be still. And in this stillness, in this silence, in this quietness, we simply let. We let. We let. We let. We let. We let this mind that existed long before Jesus be in us. That was in Jesus Christ. That same mind that was his mission and purpose to come to teach you, to teach me, to how to
3: receive.
2: Christ in us by letting that same Christ reveal itself, himself, through us, through our conscious awareness. And in this recognition, in this awareness, hey, we realize God's presence in us as the Christ. And now we surrender our human identity to that spiritual identity, and take on the spiritual man that we are. And now that man, that life, is now in control of your life and my life. And now, as it did in the mind of Melchizedek, as it did in the mind of Jesus, it now begins to purify your thoughts, transform your mind, renewing your mind. Governing your mind, you're no longer in charge. And now the I, which is the Christ that is within you, as written in John chapter 14, I go before you to prepare a way for you in every aspect of your life. While you were yet praying your prayers answered, All your needs are met even before you are aware of the need. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. With God, with Christ in you, all things are possible. I and the Father are one from this moment forward. He that seeth me sees the Father from this day forward. I can do all things through Christ That strengthens me from this day forward. The words that go out of my mouth are not mine. Like Jesus. They are the Father who speaks through me. And therefore every word that goes forth out of my mouth cannot return unto me. But must prosper unto the thing where unto it is sent. Now my Lord. My Father. My God, I give you thanks for this experience in God, for myself and those listening. I give you thanks knowing that I have been sent to be used as an instrument. And I simply downloaded and spoke the words that you use my tongue to speak. And for knowing that those words are now manifesting in my life and those listening according to your divine design and your divine plan. I give thanks, accept it, and lovingly let it be. Amen. And so it is.
1: I see trees of green, red roses too. I watch them bloom for me and for you. I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Colors of the rainbow So pretty in the sky They're also on the faces Of the people passing by I see friends shaking hands Saying how do you do What they is I love you I hear babies cry and I watch them grow they'll learn much more more than I'll ever know and I think to myself What a wonderful world Oh it's a The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky. There also on the faces, other people passing by. I see friends shaking their hands, saying, how do you do? what they're really saying is I love you I hear babies cry think to
3: myself,
1: what a wonderful world, and I, I think to myself, yeah. What a wonderful
0: world. Thank you for showing up for Juneteenth and for continuing to show up for Juneteenth because a holiday designation is a great thing. It's not enough. We are gonna have to be about the business of living, a, living a liberation consciousness and being, as Reverend Amon said, the evidence of it. Not have it be secret that you feel that you're free and that you know that you're free, but have that be what resonates in your consciousness, in your continence, in fact. So, I love you. And I want to simply remind you that love matters now, then, forever. Love matters. Thank you, heart and soul.